0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, December 6th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on this edition. There's a lot to get into today. We're going to read between the lines of what Ryan Day had to say yesterday when he met with the media for the first time, really since the Michigan game. There was the post game presser in Ann Arbor. That's always scattered. It's always about five, seven minutes. It's not a real press conference. This is the first time he's really had to answer some tough questions. And, you know, he deflected, as you might expect a head coach to do. But I also thought he gave some very candid answers as well. So we're going to get into what Coach Day had to say and kind of read between the lines of what he said and maybe what's coming down the pike for the Buckeyes. Let's start off with the Rose Bowl announcement. No surprise, Ohio State against Utah in the Rose Bowl. Buckeyes favored by seven. Ohio State has the number six ranking. Utah has the number 11 ranking. Utah is 10-3. and They started the season off 1-2. and and they've been really good since. And there are three losses, we're all on the road, we're all close games. They lost at BYU, at San Diego State to our old friend Brady Hoke, and at Oregon State. All close games, all single digit games. I think BYU they lost by 9. The other two were one score games. So, and they're a very physical team and they just kicked the crap out of Oregon twice. Once at their place and then once uh, this past Friday night in the Pac-12 Championship game. They're physical I just like the way they play. This is, and this is a tough matchup for Ohio State because what, what kind of teams does Ohio State struggle against? Physical teams, as we've seen this year, even against Nebraska and Penn State, they won those games, but they won by nine, really lost the physical battle for large parts of the Nebraska and Penn State games. And the two games Ohio State lost this year, Oregon and Michigan, who were very physical with them and won the battles of the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. So now listen, I, I think. There's a lot. I've even talked about this. There's a lot of talk out there. Is Ohio State going to be motivated for this game? I get the sense they will be, and we'll talk. Maybe they're not going to have all of their players, but I don't think they're going to have many guys opt out. I'm only hearing one so far. I'll I'll get to that in a moment. I think these guys are going to be motivated when that game rolls around. Yeah, they're still upset. I mean, the Michigan loss is still fresh for all of us. It still hurts, and it's still going to hurt then, but I do think they're going to get motivated for this game, and it reminds me when we were down there for the Cotton Bowl, after the 2017 season and all the questions to Ohio state's players were like, well, USC is fired up. And you you guys thought you might have a chance at the playoff. and You didn't get in. Are you guys even going to be like fired up for this game? And Ohio state went out there and just tore up USC in that cotton bowl. I don't think they're going to tear up this Utah team, but if you're wondering about motivation, I think Ohio state will be motivated. I do think they'll win the game, but again, tough matchup for them and I've said before, if I didn't make the playoff, I didn't really care. If if you're not going to make the playoff, this is the next best thing is to be in the Rose Bowl. It really is. And I'm not going to call it a consolation game. I've been sarcastic. I've called it a consolation game if you're not in the playoffs. But, you know, again, it, it kind of is a consolation game, but it's the best of the consolation game. So I'm going to enjoy the Rose Bowl when it rolls around on January 1st. And, again, Buckeyes favored by seven. We'll see where that line goes from here. All right, second thing I want to talk about, I had a chance to ask Coach Day a couple questions yesterday. My first question was about the defensive coordinator position. What does he plan on doing with the defensive coordinator position? And I knew he was not going to make any grand proclamations and tell us, I'm going to bring in this guy. And these are the guys we're going to shuffle around on the current staff. And these are the guys we're going to get rid of. I knew he wasn't going to say that. But reading between the lines again, the crux of this show, it's clear to me he's going to bring in a defensive coordinator from the outside. Again, that's my opinion. You know, if you're worried that he's going to promote Matt Barnes to the permanent DC role, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Matt Barnes is a good coach and gonna stay on staff. Maybe he'll have a co-defensive coordinator role, but I think they're going to bring in a defensive coordinator from the outside. And there's been some names kicked around. The one that I keep hearing that I put validity in is Jim Knowles. He is the current defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. Jim Knowles, get to know Jim Knowles. He's 56 years old. He's a native of Philadelphia. He played at Cornell. He's also a former head coach at Cornell. It's his one time he was a head coach, was from 2004 to 2009 at his alma mater of Cornell. Was there for six years. Did have a losing record, I think 24 and 32, I think, as a head coach. But then he moved on, was Duke's defensive coordinator for eight seasons under Cutcliffe, David Cutcliffe there at Duke, and had some good defenses at Duke for eight seasons, so from 2010 to 2010. To 2017, he was Duke's defensive coordinator. Then Mike Gundy hired him at Oklahoma State. He's been the Cowboys' defensive coordinator for the last four seasons, from 2018 until now. Their defense is really good, Oklahoma State's. Number three defense in the country. The only two ahead of them are Wisconsin, number one, Georgia, number two. Georgia's been number one all year until they faced Alabama and got waxed, they dropped to number two. Oklahoma State, you think of them as offense. Number three defense in the country. And I watched their game against Baylor. They were flying around. The reason they lost that game is because Oklahoma State quarterback, I think he turned the ball over. I think he just threw another interception right now. He, he just kept turning the ball over. But their defense was really good. So if Ohio State's able to bring in Jim Knowles, I would love that. Now, is he a dynamite recruiter? I tend to doubt it. I tend to doubt it. So that would be the one thing that maybe if you are you want a defensive coordinator to come in, in here and recruiting is your biggest thing, first of all, I would disagree with you. They've got enough guys on the staff that uh, can recruit. I'm not saying Jim Knowles can't recruit. He needs to recruit. But – the number one thing Ryan Day needs to look for is someone that can come in here and put an Ohio State defense on the field. You know, you can have do what you want to do on offense. You know, you have your Big 12 style offense, but you need an Ohio State defense, you know, and recruiting is important. But give me that technician, that defensive coordinator that's going to out you. I mean, I, you know, I think Jeff Halfley's actually would have been a, a good recruiter if he was here for a while. He. Landed Clark Phillips, who the Buckeyes are going to face in the Rose Bowl, the corner. And then when Jeff Hathley left, then uh, Clark Phillips decided to decommit from Ohio State and go to Utah. My point is, listen, Jim Knowles might not be a great recruiter. And maybe he is. I don't know. But I tell you what, looking at what he did at Duke as a defensive coordinator, and especially what he's done the last four years at Oklahoma State, this is the type of guy that I want at Ohio State. And sounds like Ryan Day is strongly considering him. But sounds like Jim Knowles is going to have other suitors as well. Maybe Lincoln Riley at USC could be looking at him. Maybe, you know, maybe a Brian Kelly at uh, LSU. So we'll see. But hopefully Jim Knowles is a guy that um, maybe after the bowl season, we'll find out is Ohio State's new defensive coordinator. Interestingly, Oklahoma State will face Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. That kicks off, what, about four hours before the Rose Bowl? Yeah, 1 o'clock on New Year's Day. Rose Bowl is at 5 o'clock Eastern. So you'll get to see uh, Oklahoma State against Notre Dame as your appetizer for the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. And the playoff semifinals this year are New Year's Eve, which is how it should be, how it was the first year. I guess when Ohio State won in 2014, it was actually New Year's Day. Either way, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, that's when it should be. I I hate when it's on these random days. So Bama got the number one seed. They will face Cincinnati. Bama is favored by 14 over Cincinnati. Michigan got the number two seed. They will face number three seed Georgia. Georgia is favored by seven and a half over Michigan. We'll see if that uh, spanking that the Bulldogs took to the Crimson Tide will wake them up. Uh, we'll see though. seven and a half points favored over Michigan. If you are rooting for Michigan in that game, I don't even know what to tell you. I will be a, uh, a big uh, UGA fan for that game. All right. Another thing I had a chance to ask Coach Day about yesterday was the transfer portal. And I said, not necessarily guys that you're going to be losing or have left. I want to focus on guys you're going to bring in. And I knew he couldn't name any specific names. In fact, I said that. I said, I know you can't name any specific names, but what are some position groups you're going to be targeting? You know, how many guys you think you might bring in roughly and it sounds like he's going to hit it relatively hard. It's not going to be like, they're going to turn over the roster hard. It's not going to be like, they're going to bring in 20 guys. He's not going to bring in 10 guys either. I won't be surprised if it's like four or five, which is you know a lot more than they've brought in. He started naming guys that they've brought in since he took over the program, kind of in a humble brag kind of way, Justin Fields, Jonah Jackson, Trey Sermon. And, EA, even though EA hasn't worked out yet, still, I mean, it's too bad they missed out on Henry Toe Toe, right? Uh, EA was definitely the backup plan, but if he can stay healthy, maybe he can help him next year. But again, reading between the lines of what Coach Day said, it sounds like he's going to hit it harder than usual. The most they brought in in one year was three, if you um, count Gunner Hoke in that, that that Justin Fields, Jonah Jackson year. Those two guys were those were just home run gets in the transfer portal, and if you can, uh, and then they added Gunner Hoke as well, so they added three that year. Yeah, the more I think about it listen to what he said yesterday the way he answered that question. And he, it was like a two minute answer too. I'll be surprised if it's not like they don't have like four guys that they bring in from the transfer portal. I think they're going to have multiple guys on defense and look for a tight end too. I think a tight end is going to, they'll have a a tight end transfer in as well. So look for Ohio state to hit the portal relatively hard. Again, I, I think four or five guys somewhere around there is a number to keep an eye on mostly on defense, but again, Maybe a tight end as well. All right. As for guys who might opt out of the Rose Bowl, the one name I have heard so far is Garrett Wilson. It's not a sure thing, but I'm hearing Garrett Wilson's probably going to opt out. This might be a, uh, not a very popular opinion. I don't fault him at all. He's going to be a first-round pick. We've seen what happened has happened with guys. You know, I mean, Jalen Smith is the example. Even though Jalen Smith still was a second-round pick and got his second contract and is a wealthy man, what if it didn't work out? What if he was never able to play football again? He was projected as a top-five pick when he got hurt in that Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State, dropped to the second round, and then what if he didn't get that second contract? And another guy I'll bring up, Jake Butt, who was projected as like a late first, early second-round pick. He gets hurt in the Orange Bowl, that year, I think 2016, and tears his ACL, falls to, I think, the fifth round, then got hurt again. So not only did he not get his the rookie signing bonus that he normally would get because he fell all the way to the fifth round, he didn't even get his second contract because he got hurt again. So, But I also think this. If the Buckeyes were playing in the playoff, Garrett Wilson would be playing. This is why I don't fault him. He's, he's doing it because, <laughs> to, to revert back to what I said earlier in the show, he kind of looks at it as a consolation game. I have no doubt he would be playing if, this, if the Buckeyes were in the playoff. And again, this is not official buck nutters this is not official this is just what i'm hearing and we might not hear official word till close to the game even if the buckeyes know right now why tell utah right now so i'm not sure when or if they'll make that official but that's the one name i'm hearing right now that will likely opt out and the good news i'm I'm not hearing anybody else so and i've asked about certain guys i'm not hearing anybody else is going to opt out that's fantastic news they'll be just fine um if with uh Chris Alave and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and it'll get some guys that are going to be playing big roles next year, a chance to perhaps play a big role in this game. Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Buka, Julian Fleming, those guys, um, at least one of those guys, maybe two will have a bigger role in this game. Julian Fleming's a the guy they've kind of used when you know, they've had opportunities. I tend to think, and it's kind of funny to say, because Julian Fleming was the number one wide receiver in the country in the 2020 class. I tend to think, Abuka, who was also the number one receiver in his class, the 2021 class, and Harrison have a higher ceiling than Fleming. I expect them, those two, Abuka and Harrison, to be a bigger part of the offense than Fleming next year. All three of them will be a big part of it. I just am higher on Abuka and Harrison than I am Fleming. But it's good to have all three of them, that's for sure, along with Jackson Smith and Jigba returning next year. So, again, we'll keep you posted, but right now the name I'm hearing is Garrett Wilson, likely to opt out. A couple more things. Quinn Ewers let's talk about that he of course uh word broke on Friday that Quinn Ewers was leaving Ohio State I did a column on the site on Bucknuts if you haven't read it yet I would invite you to read it I'm just not surprised this happened guys I'm not surprised this happened this seemed inevitable that once it became clear that CJ Stroud was the guy and was going to be the guy next year as well that told me of the four scholarship quarterbacks at least one and probably two were going to transfer. Jack Miller was the first to leave and then Quinn Ewers followed him. And it's not a surprise at all to me. And listen, I mean, it's not just the starting job. I think Ewers probably needed assurance he was at least the number 2 quarterback behind Stroud and then and then he'd be the starter in 2023 assuming Stroud goes pro after 2022. And I'm this is I'm just spitballing here. I'm guessing he went to Ryan Day needing some assurance he was at least the number 2 for 2022, meaning he'd be one play away from being the starter and then would be the starter of the following season. I don't think Ryan Day gave him that assurance at all. I mean, Kyle McCord now is in, is in that spot where he could, he's one play away from being the starter next year. He now would be the starter perhaps in 2023 if CJ Stroud goes pro early. So not a surprise. I wish Quinn well, but um, you know, I uh, can't say I'm surprised at all. I would have been surprised if he stayed for the season. I would not have been surprised if he stayed for spring and battled it out just to be sure. But if you feel like you're going to transfer anyway, now's the time to do it. So I get it. But um, I'm just not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. I uh, Again, I, I would, would have been more surprised if Quinn Ewers was still on this team in the fall. And it was huge they are able to get Devin Brown. I mean, that, that kid, uh, he's the number four, number five quarterback in the country. But he might be underrated <laughs> as a high four-star. He might be more of a five-star um, when we look back on it. We'll see. But getting Devin Brown was huge. As a true freshman, he will now be the number three quarterback for the Buckeyes and we'll see what happens there all right last thing another guy who is leaving the program is craig young craig young who i thought would have a big role on the defense this year they talked about it during the spring how craig young was a guy they were going to use a lot and move him around he's like an isaiah simmons type guy and this and that didn't play much at all did start one game it wasn't like he just was a complete bench warmer just didn't play nearly as much as i thought he would and yeah you know, I'm sure not nearly as much as anybody thought he would, and certainly not as much as he thought he would. So he's now going to leave. He will have, what, since last year didn't count, he'll still have three years of eligibility remaining. So that's going to be a good get for whoever gets him. Craig Young, we'll see. I, I, I get it, though. I mean, Ronnie Hickman beat him out, and Ronnie Hickman led the team in tackles by a wide margin this year. He had, I think, 96 tackles. The next closest was Cody Simon with, like, 57. So Ronnie Hickman had the, the team lead and tackles by almost 40. And Court Williams is coming on too at that position. They like Court Williams. They say he's the hardest worker on the team. So not only was Craig Young thinking, well, I'm, I'm behind Hickman. and We're the same grade. Court Williams, who's a year younger than me, he's coming on as well. He was getting more playing time toward the end of the year. Keep in mind, Court Williams missed all of the 2020 season with an injury and then you know was still kind of slow coming back from that and to begin this 2021 season but by mid-season he was looking good to me wasn't playing a lot but Court Williams was looking good and I think his future is bright again the coaches talk about him as perhaps the hardest worker on the entire team which that's a that's a nice mantle to have when there's 105 guys on the team and they say you're the hardest worker and you got a ton of hard workers on that team I mean that's impressive right there so Court Williams might be a guy to look for I wish Craig Young well man I mean every time I talked to him he was a cool guy and I'm surprised it didn't work out. I Again, I I thought he was going to play a lot. Coaches talked about it during the spring. Like I said, that he was going to be a big part of the defense. It just didn't work out. So I wish Craig Young well. And it's just this new era of college football. Now that guys don't have to sit out a year, power to the players. We're going to see more guys leaving the program than usual. And we're going to see more guys coming into the program than usual. Like I said earlier, I think probably four to five guys are going to transfer to Ohio State. So, yeah, they're going to lose some guys, but they're going to bring some guys in. again. The portal's been good to Ohio State, you know. Transfers in general, you know. Justin Fields was pretty good. <laughs> that's that's Exhibit A right there. But seriously, I mean, yeah, Ohio State's going to lose some guys. I think Ohio State will come out ahead. Let's put it that way. When it comes to you know, as far as losing guys and bringing guys in, I think Ohio State in the end will come out ahead. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys joining me on this solo venture of the Bucknuts Morning Five. I hope all of you have a great day. Let's hear the Buckeye Swag, best damn band in the land. <music>